0: New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. Good morning. Oh, come on now. Come on. It's a beautiful morning, right? We all had to get up an hour earlier. Good morning. Good morning. Now, that sounds like the Lord is here. There's got to be some kind of excitement. We get to have fellowship with the Holy Heavenly Father. That should excite your heart because it does mine. Today's going to be a little different. Um, It's a tough subject to speak on this morning. Um, This is no easy walk. This is no easy walk because there's pain and suffering in this walk. And I know with a message like this, um, people begin to wonder about, is God really who he is at times when we see our circumstances? When deep down inside of our hearts there's a great deal of pain and we walk through those doors and we walk in with smiles and many of us know how to mask because we've done the pretending so long, right? So we know how to cover up what's really deep-rooted down inside of us. And for many of us, we walk through those doors with pain. And we're suffering through something. And we're going through trials. And in all honesty, we are hurting. Amen? And we wonder sometimes, does God understand where I am right now in life? And I want to tell you this morning... He does. He knows. He feels the weight that we carry around with us because we think his shoulders are not strong enough, right? We think we're put here to handle everything. And if that was the case, God would have never had to send his only begotten Son. Amen. If it's ours to handle, there's no use for Jesus. And I think sometimes we get lost there and we get stuck there. So today I want to share some things. We're going to be coming from James chapter 1, verse 1, um, excuse me, 2 through 4. It's just three little simple verses. But they're powerful verses because they asked us to consider, <laughs> to consider to find joy in the midst of all of the ugliness and all of the hardness of life that somehow, some way. We're to consider it pure joy. And let me tell you something. There are moments in our lives where the joy kind of goes, the happiness kind of goes, and we sit there and we wonder, come on, God, are you really there? Do you really hear? Do you really understand? He does. He does. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we need you. (laughs) I just feel the weight. I feel the weight of your people, Lord. Because I know the weight that I carry. And Father, I know that there's moments in our lives where we just think that we'll just get through it when really we should just be crying out to you and say, God, do what you will. Father, I pray this morning that we would be honest with you, that with all of what we're dealing with at this moment in our life, that we would be opening up to say, Lord, please help me because if I'm tired of wearing the mask. I'm tired of playing the game. I'm tired of pretending when I'm up in people's faces that all is well. When really deep down inside, I'm in great deal of pain. And I need your healing power. Father, speak to your people this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you have your Bibles, or it's going to be up here on the screen, we're going to come from James chapter 1, verse 2, 3, and 4. And it says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Part of our Christian walk, and I know some of you forget this, Because we think when we accept Jesus Christ, everything is going to be perfect. But part of this walk is pain and suffering. And why do we know that? And how do we know that? Because Jesus, the perfect man who came down to die for our sins, suffered pain and trials. Spit on, beat beyond recognition. And he said, he promised us. That in this time in our life, when he's long gone, and he sends back the Holy Spirit to empower us. That we will have trials and that we will have tribulations. Those are promises. But somewhere along the way, we think it's not meant for us. We feel like when we accept Christ, and maybe you heard some preacher say this, or maybe some lay person say this, that, hey, when you accept Christ, everything is going to be great. When you accept Christ, that's when real life starts. That's when the battles come your way. Because as long as you're lost and you're doing your own thing, engaging in whatever risky behavior you want to out here, he already has you. So he usually doesn't mess with you too much. It's when you surrender your life over to the Lord and you say, okay, Lord, take control of my life. That's when he starts picking on you. That's when he starts bringing the obstacles in your life. That's when the difficult times come. That's when the suffering and the pain comes. And you wonder, man, I was doing pretty good before I got Christ. Well, yeah, because you were lost and clueless. Didn't care what was happening to you. You were just engaging in whatever came along. You were lost until he found you. In 1972, there was a couple of boys that got up early one morning on a Saturday morning and decided that they were going to take a little trip, a bicycle trip without telling their parents. Any of you country boys that grew up in the country, you know what I'm talking about. We'd get up early in the morning, get on those bikes, and we'd take off, and Mom and Daddy might not see us until nighttime. Well, these two boys decided that they were going to take them a little adventure, and they got on their bikes, and they traveled out, and unfortunately... One of them suffered a flat tire. So if you're from the country, maybe you city folks did this too. You called it doubling up, right? So they decided that they would take the one bike and the other kid, one kid would get on the handlebars and the other kid would paddle. And so they took off down the road. And unbeknownst to them, there was a vehicle that was coming up behind them. They had no idea that it was coming. And the story goes on, and they don't know if the people were distracted or, 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 or they just lost train of thought, but they ended up hitting these two boys. One boy suffered a broken arm, and the other boy was killed instantly. And he was gone at the age of 13. And life for that family, for those brothers and sisters for the next however, many weeks, months, and years, was changed forever. That boy was my brother, Anthony Upshaw, who was one of the best athletes out of the seven boys in our family. He was loved by all of his classmates. And everybody believed that he was the next big thing. He was a stud in tennis. He could play basketball and dribble around you. He was a good, solid kid. But God wanted him home. Now, when you start thinking about all this, you say, how in the world does a family recover from a death so quick, unknown, and in your face? God's word, God's love, God's peace, God's strength is where we turn to. I can remember at times at home when, when mama would go into the room and she would break. But the thing about mom and daddy is that their faith was so strong in the Lord that they kept to the point in their life where they could consider it pure joy. You see, life is not promised all these little great things that you see on some of these Hollywood movies. They, They make it out to look like everything is so great and everything is perfect, never understanding that life is not really like that. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Life, you have trials. Life, you have frustrations. And in life, you lose people that you love. Consider it pure joy. There's three things that I want to share with you this morning, and I pray that your hearts would be open to it. First one is when facing pain and suffering, consider Christ in the midst of your storm. I know a lot of us want to consider feel, but let's consider Christ in the storm. Secondly, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. And thirdly, and most important, joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. I think we forget sometimes about the joy part. This verse starts out in Consider it pure joy. And what does this word considerate mean? It says, think carefully about something, especially before making a decision. In our lives, when those difficult times come, when suffering comes and when pain comes, we need to consider before we step out and make any other decisions. Because oftentimes, when those difficult times come in our life, we consider checking out rather than checking in with Christ. It is so easy, men and women, that when suffering comes and the pain of whatever it might be, to just turn our hearts away, And say, God is not who he is. God is who he is. He's in the midst of everything that you're facing in that moment. Whatever that trial, whatever that pain might be. See, trials are meant to test us and to draw us near him. God just doesn't bring something our way that we can't handle to where we just say, ah, it's nothing. He brings trials and suffering sometimes to draw us near him. And it's not always that we've done something wrong. It's just that he wants his fellow people to hold tight onto him in whatever circumstances you might find yourself in. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, this is the deal. Who are you going to turn to? You're going to turn to your best friend who knows nothing. You're going to turn to the alcohol who does nothing for you. You're going to turn to the drugs. You're going to turn to the lies. Or you're going to turn towards Christ. Christ. See, because we got trials that comes in all kinds of fashions, physical illness, cancer that comes along, heart attack comes along. There's all kinds of things that happen, financial difficulties. When you're in a bind, when you're living check to check, car breaks down. Can't pay a bill. Don't know how you're going to get your kid this or that. We've been there. We understand this. Persecution from friends and family. They don't want you around anymore. They've excluded you. You're an outcast now. You feel the pain and the weight of that. When death comes along, like it hit our family, and you don't know where to go, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know what to say, and you're wondering, why is this happening? Rebellious kids, when you've done all that you can, you've done all the praying, you've done all the talking, you've done all the counseling, and yet you feel the weight of that rebellious kid doing his or her own thing. Broken engagements, betrayal by friends, all of these things is just part of life. But I think we fail to remember is that God is ahead of all those things. Nothing catches Christ by surprise, men and women. Nothing that we're going to face, nothing that we're going to be challenged for, nothing comes by surprise. He's always on his job. So where is the joy in the midst of all this? But when David was struggling, when he had sinned against God and had this affair, and all he wanted was, please, Lord, in chapter 51, book of Psalms, restore the joy of what? My salvation. Where does the joy come? In the midst of all the storms, in the midst of all the suffering. We turn back to the Lord to where we first got to know him, where he first reached down and saved us and gave us his salvation so that we could have eternal life with him. Where does the joy come from? The joy comes from knowing there's a God that understands everything that you're facing and that he cares and that he hears. But what does he tell us in Isaiah? My ears are not too dull that I can't hear you. And my arms are not too short to where I can't reach out and catch you and hold you and carry you in the midst of whatever storm you're dealing with. My parents had to figure out, what in the world are you going to do? What are we going to do with this? And mama and daddy could have just crawled up into a cave and just disappeared. But they knew they still had 15 other kids that they had to love on and care for No parent is ever prepared to see a loved one go, especially a kid. They're never ready for it. Nothing prepares you for that. But if you have the strength of the Lord, if you have his love and his grace flows upon you, you can make it through anything that you face in this lifetime. The joy is not in our circumstances, what we have, but our possessions, our power, all of the things that people think that those things will make you happy and satisfy you. It is the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ when difficult times comes in our life that we can hold tight onto him and wrap our arms around him as he wraps his arms around us and assures us that he has us in the midst of that. How do we consider Pure joy. We find a hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. In verse 3 it says this, if I can find it with my bad eyes, because you know that the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith, because you know the testing of your faith. What is the reason that suffering comes on? A lot of us don't know why, but it is part of this life. Some scholars wrote these things of why suffering is in our life. First thing, to correct the person from wrongdoing patterns. Second one, to prevent future ones, to stop you from going back to what you used to do. Thirdly, to lead a person to love the Lord more. Fourth, to trust the Lord more than you've ever trusted anything else in your life. And the last one they had is that being a Christian means that you're gonna go through hard and difficult times. It's just part of it. It's just part of life. In Romans 12 and 12 it says this, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. This is the deal. When I talk about stay in the fight, so many of us have checked out. When hard times come, difficult times come, we check out and we go turn to something else. I know that to be true. I know that to be true. Because I know when I lost my wife to cancer nine years ago, I checked out. I checked out. Because of the pain and the grief, and because I could not get my eyes refocused back on the Lord, I checked out. And because there were some loving brothers that looked down on me and said, Robert, you got to get moving. You got to get back. You got four kids you got to take care of. You got to get back to reading your word. Because I promise you, and I'm testifying, I'm being very, very transparent with you this morning. My Bible said over there for months, it said right over there, collecting dust. Because I could not remember to get back into the fight. I didn't want to get back in the fight. I wanted the little crutch. I wanted to lean on this and use this as an excuse, not to serve him, not to love him, not to discipline my kids, not to be there and do all of what is asked of me as a believer in him. I just sat down and said, I'm done. You see, that's what suffering and pain would do to some of us. We stop fighting. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. He wants to have us wallowing in all of the hurt and the pain and the suffering to where we're not usable for God. To where we're so lost up into us because I was lost in me. It was all feel sorry for Mr. Robert. We're saying, you got work to do. You can use this one day as a testimony on how you respond and how you live your life out from here on out. Because those four. We're still looking to me to help them overcome what they were dealing with too. And I was in no position to help them. And my brother called me one day. He said, Robert, what are you doing? Sleep. (laughs) It's 6 (laughs) o'clock. It's 6 a.m. He said, I saw some pictures of you at a wedding that you did. And, man, you don't look healthy at all. And he said, you know what? If you don't start living right and get yourself moving, they're going to lose you too with a heart attack. Because I had put on 20 or so pounds. Because what I was doing is I was trying to take care of them and going into my lonely room and eating. And I did that day in and day out for months because I couldn't couldn't cope. I'd taken my eyes off the Lord and put my eyes on my circumstances and forgot to stay in the fight. There are people in our lives today that are walking away from Christ because they look out at their circumstances and they say, well, it's God's fault. It's not God's fault. God is there to love you He's there to discipline you. He's there to build you up. He's there to tear you down when he needs to in order to build you back up to be used for his glory. He's not to blame for this. And when we allow Satan to whisper in our ear and lie about those things, we waste many of days and months where we could have been testifying. We're just sitting around feeling sorry for ourselves. James is trying to tell his people. When these trials come, you've got to be out there and you got to be fighting. Our job is to stand firm because we believe in a God that is real and that is strong, and we believe that we can overcome anything through the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is a dying world that is suffering, that is looking for us to be doing it right who know Christ. And if we stay down, and if we walk away, and if we give up this fight... What are are the hope for our lost friends? Sarah at 99 (laughs) was wondering, (laughs) you forgot me, God. I'm too old. Can't have a baby now. Look at me. (laughs) I'm not as fine as I used to be. This next year, you're going to have a baby. God is faithful to those who are faithful to him, who stay in the fight. Joseph, who was sold into slavery, did nothing wrong. And in the midst of his storm, being blamed for going after Potiphar's wife, being put in prison, being forgotten in prison. And God's I got you. I got you. Nowhere in God's scripture does he ever say that this walk is easy. But it's the best walk that you're going to walk in your lifetime. When you realize that Jesus Christ is the best thing that happens in your life, Something inside of you changes, and you feel like you can go through anything and get through anything. Job, Lord considered him blameless, and he lost just about everything his influence, his wife, his kids, his cattle. And yet his eyes at times wanted to say, "Just take me out." <laughs> he didn't want to stand the fight. but God kept him moving. And in the end, God blessed him and restored everything to him. David running from Saul, after he was anointed king, after he had killed O Goliath for Saul who didn't want to go and fight. And then the whole nation <laughs> of Israel chased him. You think he was suffering in silence? Can you feel the weight that he carried with him? I've done absolutely nothing wrong. It's not about wrong and right and how God deals with you. It's about the sovereign God and what he wants to do when he wants to do it and how he wants to do it we don't have any say-so. We just have to accept it and believe that if he's brought this thing in our life, he's going to bring us through it also. Amen? Oh, my goodness. And lastly, Joy comes in the morning. (laughs) If there wasn't a belief that joy comes in the morning, this walk is not worth it. If there's no belief that God understands everything that you're dealing with and he's there for you and he will deliver you from it, this walk is not worth it. If we don't understand that joy comes in the morning, it's time for all of us to check out. Joy comes in the morning. Look what he says at the end of this verse here. Verse 4, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I truly believe there is no spiritual growth in our life without pain and suffering. Because when you've done, when you've gone through nothing, when God has delivered you from nothing and everything is great, you don't know the power of his love. You don't know the power that he has to wrap his arms around you and hold you in the most difficult times in your life. If you say that you've never suffered and you don't have pain, you don't know life because this life is nothing but pain and suffering. But if we suffer with the God who sent his only son to suffer for us, joy comes. Joy comes in the morning. 1 Peter 5 and 10 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. When you have stood the test, when you didn't check out, when you didn't quit, When you didn't stop fighting, he says, I am going to restore what the locusts have eaten away. In verse 12 here, he tells us here, blessed is the one who perseveres under trials because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. The tests are just trials in our life that God says, I'm entrusting this with you because I know that you can handle it. And you have to understand that you are not going to go through this by yourself. Joy comes in the morning because we have a God that greets us every morning and says, I have you today. And the struggles of knowing when you've lost a loved one or you've gone through difficult times in your life, you lost a job, you lost friends because of whatever. The Lord is up every morning saying, I got you. Let's go. And I've forgotten that. The Lord is right there. He was right there trying to get me up every morning. Let's go. My parents have lost three kids in the 69 years that they had been married. We lost daddy just three or four years ago. But the joy... I'm telling you, the joy and the excitement of life that those two people exemplified for us as kids and standing strong on the foundation of Jesus Christ and knowing that their hope was in Christ and knowing that they could make it through each day. I can't imagine losing three kids. And we have seven. And they're all precious to us. But when you have a God that says, I will help you through the midst of whatever, whatever it is, I will not let you down. Amen. I will not let you down. I will be there for you through it all. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. You do not have to face this by yourself. And then he brings some loving Christian people around you to hold you up and love on you and to encourage you and say, we as brothers and sisters got this too. We're with you. We, as a congregation, need to learn how to love one another and be there in the midst of whatever we're dealing with. Because he says, rejoice with those who rejoice, right? And mourn with those who mourn. As a body, we need to learn that there's always someone, he or she could be sitting right to the left or the right of you that's going through some stuff. And all they need is a word of encouragement to keep moving towards him. Gotta stay in the fight. We gotta stay encouraged that God has this. As I got older after the death of my brother, there would be moments when I would be so angry at God because what was the potential there? What did, could he have become? And as I got older and I began to understand that two weeks prior before Anthony went on that bike ride he gave his life to the Lord and I can remember mama telling the story that there was days leading up to this moment Anthony would come in and he would get behind the door in a room and he would just cry. And Mama would come in there and talk to him and ask him, Anthony, what's wrong? What's wrong? He says, "Mom, I'm going to die. I'm leaving this place. And Mama, you know, Mamas, "Oh, you foolish, that's foolish. It's going out there and play, boy. Two weeks after he gave his life to the Lord, God called him home. And so that's my hope. That's my hope that in knowing Christ one day we will be united. We will get to play ball. We'll get to hit tennis balls. He played in a band. I'll get my trombone out and he'll get his trumpet. But I am telling you, don't let your suffering and your pain rob you of all of what God has for you. Don't get so lost in all of that pain and all of that hurt and all of those trials that you take your eyes off of him. Because he has something good for you. And not because we deserve it, but because he loves us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I'll never fully understand it, so I don't try to anymore. Kind of learning to just accept it as your will. Father, there's some hearts here this morning that are still mad, that are still hurt, that are still seeking other things besides you, who have their eyes locked on their circumstances rather than their eyes locked in you. Father, I pray this morning that you would bring comfort to them and that you would assure them that you're ready for them to get back in the fight, that you would strengthen them and hold them up until they can stand on their own two feet in this walk with you. Father, you never promised us this walk would be easy, but you did promise us that you would walk with us. Father, I pray there might be one person out here who has no idea what it means to have a relationship with you. They don't find any joy or excitement about church or about your word because they don't have a relationship with your son. And if that's you this morning, I ask, do you want to know Jesus Because he desperately wants to know you. And where you are, in your seat, you just simply have to confess unto him. I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness. I need you, Jesus, to come into my heart and take control of my life and make me into someone new and usable for the kingdom. Father, I pray that that person surrenders all over to you today. And today, Lord, those who do know you, who are thinking about checking out and maybe all have already checked out, Father, I pray that they would be all in again. I pray that they would find their hope and joy in you and not in their circumstances, Lord, and that they might find peace in a direction that you have for them to live out the remaining of their lives, Lord. It is the best walk in walking with you. There's nothing better than knowing that our God has our back. Father, we love you, and we give you praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review, things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, If you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at at NLCDowntownLittleRock to follow along with the life of our church.